clubhouse. Lord God, give us rain and a little luck and we'll do the rest. Amen. This is Steph. This is Sheila. Welcome to Yellowstone Season 3. I'm so excited for this, Sheila. I've been Yay. waiting for this show to come out. Have you always been a fan of Yellowstone or did you like binge watch it all, all at once? I actually covered it last season for Pop Culture Review. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I recapped like all the episodes. Kind of had to watch season one to get ready for season two. And then I was like, mm-hmm. where has this show been all my life? I was actually nervous that the show wouldn't be coming back because I didn't know with everything going on in the world right now, like with Corona and you know the shutting down of all like the TV and movie sets, if like this was gonna like be a I thing. Know. So I was like really stoked when I like about a month ago or so I started seeing the commercial trailers for it. I was like, yeah. I know. I was so excited. It was one of those that I was like, oh my gosh, mark the calendar. Yes. And it's like Father's Day too. Like, I don't know. It just feels appropriate that it's airing on Father's Day. <laughs> Such a manly show. <laughs> it's so funny that I, I say that too. Like, I'm surprised that I like this show because it was one of those ones that we were seeing previews for. And my husband was like, oh, we should watch that. And I'm thinking... Uh, like it's okay like <laughs> I'm good I decided to watch it with them and I mean I, yeah season one I was hooked like this show is so good love the drama love the outrageous behavior this makes my family look really really normal right I know <laughs> Like, that's a level of crazy. I'm just like, you know, we have to work to be that crazy. I know. I have a, a lot of questions about this family. I'm like, I do not understand how this works. I have questions because I don't have a lot of people to talk Yellowstone with, like, face to face. Right. So I'm going to be posing some questions to you, some some hypotheses, if you will. There's a couple of lively, like, Facebook fan groups, you know, so you can, like, kind of chat, like, Yellowstone over there. Which I just joined. So I'm going to warn you, when the show actually goes live, they're a very active group. <laughs> your phone is like ding 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 yeah you're gonna get a ton of facebook messages they're a fun and lively group so if anyone out there is listening yay shout out to the yellowstone fans there's a huge like holiday market here i'm in texas so there's a million like cowboy booths <laughs> so there's this one it had like bejazzled uh cowboy boots and then they had a whole section of yellowstone shirts and i was like yes So I got a shirt. So not fair. I know. I got a shirt with Rip on it, like a portrait of Rip. I think it says ride for the brand. I was like, oh, yes. That is amazing. (laughs) And I actually wear it. Yeah, we don't get many of those like cowboy stalls here in New York. So yeah, I'll buy you a shirt and I'll send it to you. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I think I need the rip ride for the brand. I think yes. I need that one. So to get ready for this, I rewatched all of season two again, and it's just sucked me back in. I'm so excited. That was such a crazy season. I think it's going to get pretty... Pretty hairy, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I watched back most of it too, you know, to get back ready for this. And like the same, like I was just like, yes, I'm ready to go back to Montana. I'm ready to go back to the Dutton Ranch and, you know, kind of dive into all of the shenanigans. Season two was wild. Like it's it's amazing when you watch back, like how much they crammed into 10 episodes. I know. It's just, it really did. It was a lot. You know, of course, I think John and rainwater getting rid of all these competition and getting rid of Jenkins I wasn't gonna last long but man I feel like they didn't get much of a break before this blew up again like they started eliminating the 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 people around them that they're gonna be the last two standing in the boxing ring so Steph we will talk about like the last episode of season two oh that was crazy episode Tate got kidnapped I'm like the one that's like oh I'm like worried about Tate I can't stand when like horses and like like animals in shows and like kids in 
in shows like get any kind of mm, anything like that i know poor little guy makes me uncomfortable and like he was trying to just feed his damn horse and he's <laughs> abducted it winds its way like you know the duttons do the duttons thing and they rip all holy hell right yeah, I mean, they're not holding back anything on this, for sure. Yeah, they are raining down the Livestock Commissioner hellfire. It turns out that the Becks were in, in bed with, like, a militia. So at the end of episode 10 of season two, so the last episode, John Dutton gives Rip a letter, and he tells him about his sons dying. He didn't have enough sons, and it turns out he had enough sons, and basically inducting Rip into the family and giving him the house, right? Not Not the house, not the Dutton house, but... Like a place at the table, basically. Yeah. The next minute, like, the Duttons yes. are going to battle. John tells Casey, like, no, I can't lose you. Let's mm-hmm. send Rip. I will tell you, since August of last year, that sentence has not sat well with me. I wrote that down, too. I said, okay, so you give him, basically give him the ranch, and then the next day, you, you're you like, okay, go get shot to shit. Like, right. You be, you be the PT boat, like, the one that's going to draw the fire. Right. I feel like he played Rip so well, knowing that, like, all Rip wanted was a family and to belong somewhere. Yeah. You know, given his, you know, really hard past. Damn. Okay, so I'm not the only one who feels that way. Right. No, I was like, what the hell? But then John did say something to the effect of like, of all days to ask ask this of you, I know it shouldn't have been today. Like you said, that's sort of playing him back into the role he wants him because Rip was like, can't think of a better day. I'm like, what? Right. And and that's just Rip doing like just the honorable thing. And right. I'm hoping that it's for the right reasons, but I'm not sold. That kind of leaves us at the end of episode 10, right? Yeah. Through the Livestock Commission, all the baddies are dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. <laughs> Tate is found safe-ish. Ish. In, freaked out, but He's safe. physically safe, right? Um, yeah. In a bathtub with his head shaved and, and obviously had gone through some trauma. All seems to be okay, wrapping up those little strings and then now we open with season three it seems to be just a few months later i think we're like went from winter to spring they're sort of recovering like tate is sleeping in the bed with his parents sort of trying to move on not a lot of time has passed because like you know beth still has her war wounds from getting beat up and i think it was like episode six or seven she still definitely has some of those big deep bruises on her face you know there's one point where i think rip gets up from the table and he grunts because he got shot, you know, yeah. so, like, you know, as a 40 something year old person, like I get up and I groan sometimes, too. So I appreciate that. But I wasn't ever shot. <laughs> right. I think, with too, like when he went to say Beth, he was shot more than once. It looked like it to me. And then like the next episode, he was like feeding the cows or yep. being the ho- I'm like, wait, what? This guy is like a beast. He's just tough. They, they build him tougher in Montana than they do in Long Island. I'll say that. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so basically, like season three then and opens with John having to go to the governor's office to atone for the sins of the Livestock Commission mm-hmm. in that whole gun battle. You know, in typical Dutton fashion, he has the win-win solution that absolves him of all guilt. He basically says that he'll resign for the overreach of his officers, and then he's going to get to name his replacement. So, mm. How did that sit with you? (laughs) I don't know. Confusing a little bit because I would assume that they would not be okay with any other Dutton in the office of Livestock Commissioner at this point. And as soon as they get back, John and Beth are talking about how it needs to be someone in the family that they can have in that position. So to me, when they go back to the governor with their recommendation, 
of another Dutton in that office, I'm thinking that's not going to fly with anybody. Like, how could it? I mean, I just feel like the Duttons have such power and reach that they're going to be like, all right, fine, whatever. There was a some point where John reminded her that he appointed her or helped her get that position or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, I think he has his hand on everybody's shoulder, basically. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, what happened to Cassidy Reed? Wasn't she like the AG in the last season? I know. She just disappeared. She has. So she was handpicked by the Duttons, right? Yeah. To uh, replace Jamie, who was now no longer worthy. Because like there yep. was a point where Jamie was watching her give her campaign speech and it was his speech. Yeah. And she was investigating all different things on behalf of the state and like, you know, working with the Duttons and now she's gone. I don't know. And, the, <laughs> and the original guy, A.G. Stewart, is like the one just back again. So maybe they just sent her down the river. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I guess you play with the Duttons and, you know, things happen. I don't know. That was weird. But this whole conversation about who should be the livestock commissioner really just brought this whole Beth and Jamie thing to a head for me. Like, obviously, John wants Casey to do it. Casey's like, hell no, I'm not doing that. And probably for good reason. That was a hard no. She's like, no. No, no, <laughs> not doing that. Uh, good for Casey. Like, he doesn't want any part of that political game. He didn't even want to be, like, inducted as an agent, but, like, prior. Yeah. Or, like, why did John think for a second that Casey would be like, sure, I'll take on that. Which has done nothing but to get you into hot water. This whole conversation with Beth and John about it, she's saying it can't be someone who's family. And then in the very next sentence, she suggests Jamie. Right. What is the deal with Beth and Jamie? Like, I just, I don't get why she hates him so much. It's like getting too much to not be explained at this point. Yeah, they're going to need to deal with that. And I mean, there's been some allusions to it. It's in the Twitter sphere. And, you know, there's actually like articles written out there. I know you and I were sharing stuff earlier back and forth about like just the different things. There's, I mean, there's a boatload of conspiracy theories out there initially was there something with their mom from back in the day you know beth and casey were out with mom when she you know was they were out riding and the horse bucked and it toppled over on her you know jamie had nothing to do with that right so it has to be something else it has to be something big because she is so horrible to him. She's told him to kill himself. She's beat him up. She's beat him. She has kneed him in the nuts. <laughs> like, she is the worst sister ever. I'm going to throw this out there. Is he a Dutton? See? Is he a full Dutton? Let's put it that way. I don't know. To me, based on what I've seen, I have no reason to doubt that. But... At this point, you kind of have to because it's getting so crazy. Like, John and Beth both are just, like, horrible to him. Yeah. So, like, even before they went to the Livestock Commission, it was like, he, he throws a dry cleaning bag to Jamie and it's like, you'll get dressed in the car. Yeah. But they're walking into the state capitol and Jamie's still adjusting his tie and his collar. Like, it just happened. He just doesn't even, like, register as part of their family, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, demoted to the bunkhouse, you know. You're right. <laughs> I had another question, too, about this whole Jamie situation. Okay, obviously they're both, like, beyond pissed that he ratted out to the reporter and, like, did the story about John. Okay, I get that. Totally justifiable. You hate him for it. But they told him to deal with it. Okay? As Casey would do, or as Rip would do, or as John would do, he ended up killing the reporter. And they were horrible to him about it. I mean, they were like, why? Hor like, they called him a coward. They were mm -hmm. like... I was like, okay, but isn't that what you like kind of wanted him to do? Yeah, he took care of it. He took care of it in the way that the Duttons usually take care of things. And it was very neatly tied up, you know? That she was kayaking and... I just don't know why they were so mad at him. This is not the first body count that the Duttons have racked up. Right. So why is Jamie's one and only... Transgression here. 
Yeah. There has to be something that they're going to they're going to have to reveal it this season because it's been building so much to leave it kind of hanging out there. It, it would just be like just a major plot hole then at this point. I hope if Paramount is listening that they better make sure that that is. Can we please have some answers <laughs> yeah. here? Can we do a request? I think they're not wrong in making Jamie the livestock commissioner in that he will do whatever they say. Yeah, I think Beth has it pegged pretty well that he's just going to do whatever is in his best interest to make people like him. By default, the Dutton Ranch will benefit from those actions. So I think that that was a good read on his personality. But Steph, how badly, given what we've seen of Jamie so far, how badly is he going to fuck up this lifestyle? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like he has no more strikes at this point that I don't think he would do anything wrong at this point. You feel that he's hit bottom. Yeah, I feel like he's going to do whatever his uh, family tells him to do. Well, you know, th- those agents are a little a little rogue, so I don't have high hopes for Jamie as a yeah. livestock commissioner. Are they setting him up for failure, or are they just looking out for their own interest, or both? They're setting him up to protect their interests. Like, they need, yeah. they need a Dutton in there. But I just think through the course of Jamie's own fuckery that just things are going to happen to him. <laughs> That is my crystal ball prophecy for season three. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that little campaign manager girlfriend is, she's like really pregnant and I felt like she was just kind of full of shit. So that was like the other cliffhanger cut type of thing from the end of season two that she, you know, the campaign manager slash girlfriend turns up pregnant, but she also knows about the the reporter and things like that. She knows a little too much, but she hasn't made an appearance in this episode. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure. Maybe she's gone the way of Cassidy Reed. (laughs) 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 We'll have to keep an eye out Maybe her and Cassidy Reed were like, let's get the hell out of here. Well, I mean, so now, so say she is pregnant and it's been a couple of months then we're talking like end of second trimester beginning of third Mm -hmm. trimester at this point so you know there there would be an imminent baby (laughs) right so that's got to come back at some point yeah keep an eye out dear listeners (laughs) okay so you're right jamie is gonna mess this all up yeah (laughs) I, i just feel sorry for the guy like don't you i do what i do like i feel like he's the guy you love to hate you know we need to know what he's sinned like what yes. his transgression is so that this way we can like know if we should hate him as much as they do. Exactly. Like he just feels like to me, like just the outcast. of the, He's like the black sheep. Like he's just like, you know, Wobegon in his like luck. I feel sorry for him because he's sort of does what they want him to do. And he still gets like crucified for it because he doesn't do it the way they want him to do it. You know? Right, right. So it's like he went off to law school and he's not happy because he did everything everybody else wanted him to do. He's just still miserable. Right. This poor guy. I do feel sorry for him. <laughs> His sister can like beat the crap out of him. Yeah. I'm not going to mess with her if I ever run uh, into her. No. Hell no. I'm walking the other way. <laughs> yeah. I'll toss a bottle of Jack Daniels her way and run the other way. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want to ask you a little bit about Casey and Monica and where they are with this Dutton Ranch. Because Monica has definitely been back and forth. Mm-hmm. Casey has been sort of back and forth and it seems like okay they're there now they're living there Casey's trying to run the ranch but Monica she is pissed that her kid got kidnapped over some stupid cattle or something right well it wasn't over the cattle but the land and the cattle are on the land so yeah I'm with you all of that stuff I don't really know that they are there for the long haul I agree with that because the whole back and forth between their relationship has been so mm-hmm. rocky. We we both have kids. I, I don't know how you can recover from the shock of having a child kidnapped and thankfully returned. 
their relationship has had such catastrophic strife that it how do you how do you move forward in the same environment that's causing most of your problems i like that monica and john had this sort of like meet up in the hallway like in the middle of the night and we're like okay i'm sorry like they never really said i'm sorry for what happened it's okay thank you you know like that whole sort of clear the air a little bit but still she's like you're still the bad guy and all that yeah why are they still so uncomfortable with each other like her and john So, like, they have this conversation, yes, and he's like, you know, I haven't had a chance to tell you how sorry I am. He feels responsible for, you know, Tate's disappearance. You know, she doesn't blame him for it, or if she does, she's being very political. But it's just, like, the conversation between them is so strained. And, like, Tate's, like, seven or eight years old or so. So, I mean, like, it's not like they haven't been around each other. And they live in the same house Well, now now. they do, yeah. I think, too, like, long-term, though, like, think about, like, you sort of get the feeling that Casey and Monica have been away until season one. He hadn't even really met Tate or... John yeah. hadn't spent much time with them. So it's sort of they're they're coming back. So they right. have a, however many years of the relationship that is not affected by his family. And so she's like protective of Casey. She loves him. She but she sees all these other things that are like pulling at him and he's disappearing in the middle of the night to deal with the snake in the barn or something. But deal really, with the wolves. In right, the wolves. And it's like <laughs> Meanwhile okay. he's blowing up, you know, trailers. <laughs> yeah. So I get why she's just like, I don't like this environment. It's not it's just it's not, not good. healthy. But she kind of likes it because it provides her with a nice lifestyle. I think she right. wants that for Tate, I think. I think she wants the, the family stability for Tate as well. Mm-hmm. One thing that I don't buy is that now, again, it's been a couple of months removed from when season two left off. You can't tell me that she's still getting lost in the house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good point. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah she was like wait what like <laughs> Where am I? I, I, I made a left turn in albuquerque and now i'm lost right. <laughs> <laughs> i did sort of question that though i'm like how many freaking houses are on this property because i feel like john moved into the lee's cabin yes and then rip moved in some other random yeah, cabin like, like, I'm like grandpa's cabin i don't know i don't whose know cabin was that so i'm like man they must have like a lot of houses. So I don't know. Maybe she's lost. <laughs> maybe she's just, yeah, maybe she just, t- again, took a lo- turn down the wrong hallway. She did have a brain injury, might I point out. Oh, so. yeah. So that, that you know what? I, I'm going to go with that. Okay. Although she's, <laughs> although she does seem to have recovered nicely from it. Right, right, right. No, no limp. But it was just, there was an interesting point from that conversation that I did want to kind of mark. She, she mentioned to John that Casey would tell her, you know, how it was war for him to keep the ranch. She wanted to remind him that 150 years ago that the, the ranch land actually belonged to her people. You know, terrible things were happening to the Native American population to shift the balance of power. They said children were disappearing and families were being herded off and, you know, land was being like usurped. She just kind of points out, and this is the actual title of the episode, so if we're doing a drinking game, drink, that the only thing that's changed is that now John is the Indian because now the horrible things are happening to him and to his family to to shift the balance of power again. So I just thought that was an interesting setup for like where this season is going to go. I like I found I found like from the other events that happened in this episode to be like a very pivotal sort of foundation for where the plot line is going to go. I I do too. The Duttons are going to meet a much bigger monster this season. Yeah, like we thought the Becks were bad. Right. Enter Ellis Steele. 
Oh, gosh. I know. I think this is going to get bad. Because now they've got suits and briefcases. And... <laughs> suits. <laughs> so Rip and Casey are out scouting the summer field for yeah. their cattle, literally as an eyesore <laughs> on the backdrop of this beautiful, stunning Montana landscape is like a gaggle of suits, right? Suits. I mean, like literally yeah. like black suits. Like I counted like eight or 10, you know, <laughs> black suits and one gray suit. Color blending. Just to mix it up. And like Rip's reaction was hilarious. I laughed out loud because he was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I laughed out loud whenever he had the horse sort of like charge him a little bit just to like startle him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you are not in charge here, sir. That was so funny. Yeah. So who are these people trespassing on their land? Whoever had control of Dan Jenkins. His resort, right? Yeah. No, I was thinking of his company. Like, his, Oh, uh, yeah. So I was, was trying his, to think of his estate, right? His, his estate yeah. has um, sold off his share and his property to this Providence Hospitality Management Group. That's a mouthful. Yeah. They also have this other firm, Market Equities, representing their interests. So we need the lawyer. Where's the lawyer? Right? Where's Mike? We need yeah. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why isn't Mike on here? <laughs> we have a lawyer we... question and our resident lawyer is like nowhere to be found. We might need him this season just for the like legal stuff right. that comes up. Like explain, explain Jamie. No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, so they have this other firm that's representing Providence, right? So market equities is representing mm-hmm. the interests of Providence. Providence is the one who bought out Dan Jenkins' estate. Do I have all that right? I believe so, yes. Whew, that is a right? mouthful. So Casey and, and Rip meet sort of like the mouthpiece, Ella Steele, which sounds like the most made-up name. <laughs> yes, it really does. I don't feel like Ella Steele is quite the scariest name, but neither was Dan Jenkins, and he was yeah. kind of a badass too. So they're like wandering around. Casey and Rip kind of frostily set them straight. They get this like olive branch of like, hey, come and meet us for dinner. We're neighbors. <laughs> we should get along. And they're just like met with silence. <laughs> this might be just me like I feel like this is the nemesis for this season oh for sure this is Dan Jenkins and the Beck brothers like on steroids right yes yeah. for sure this is how they're they're gonna wind this around we kind of get the juxtaposition then the next scene is where Beth is reporting on the all the properties that she's been buying up right she's building her own empire right her moat right she called it like her moat around her father's ranch yes conveniently makes her firm a ton of money through a very complicated series of like tax easements <laughs> and liabilities and conservation right. money and yeah i'm getting my head swimming where's the okay. lawyer <laughs> say we need to text mike hello <laughs> she hears that it's providence like you know she knows who they are as a player you know you can see the wheels turning into her head i feel that she's like oh what are the implications for my ranch my family yeah. Not so much what Providence's plans are for the properties and things like that, the impact on the properties. I think I feel that she's just like, you know, dutting all the way here. What do you think? For sure. Oh, yeah. Agree. Yeah, she's definitely only concerned about the Duttons. I mean, if she can make money while doing that, she's Hey, why not? Yeah. yeah. You know, I think she wants to make her boss happy, do what he wants. Like, that's not why she's doing it, for sure. Right now, they're running parallel, so, like, nobody's mm-hmm. in conflict, right? Well, so Casey calls her and yeah. was like, hey, what's the deal with this? She's like, yeah, that's not good. He straight up asked her, like, how big is this? And she was like, it's as big as it gets. Right. They don't come any bigger, right? <laughs> and then, like, she was like, don't tell dad. <laughs> and then, like, the first thing he does... <laughs> 
I was like, hello, brother and sister. Like, don't tell dad. And the look on her face when he said this to you, she's just like, hmm, seriously? Like, did siblings ever stop? No. No, they don't. No. My brother lives on the other side of the planet. Literally, he lives in Dubai. I live in New York. And when we get together, we needle each other like we're 12 and 13 again. We're only a year apart. So, so it never it never ends. Oh, gosh. So. Yeah. And I am very curious about how this is going to be dealt with because they can't just like kill an entire <laughs> property yeah. management group right, exactly. in the dead of night. So <laughs> this is going to be trickier. Nobody's poisoning cattle with clover from market equities, I don't think. I don't think so. Who do we think the guy that she encounters in the river is? There was no, there was no name, right? There was no name. He was just like, I live at the next ranch up, whatever it is, five miles. And he trudged down the river to fly fish and her tributary. Yeah. But how do you not know who your neighbor is? I felt like he was like from out of town, though. You think he's like new? Like, but she would have known him growing up because she grew up there. I mean, I don't think he's going to go away. Like, I feel like no, there's nothing accidental in this show. Like, they're not just going to show something and never show, you know, never deal with it again. I'm either wondering if he's. Problem number two in terms of the Dutton Ranch and the property and all that. Or he could just be some sort of like, I almost said romantic interest for her, but she seems to be coming back around to rip. So, you know what? I did write down that she was not totally bitchy towards him. Like she was bitchy, yeah. but not yeah. like she was not full on Beth. Like yeah. there, there was definitely some sort of something like a je ne sais quoi between them. Yeah. I don't know. I thought so. I, she showed up back at Rip's cabin later. So I was like, yeah. oh, maybe not. That's another part that made me laugh. Was she. Like, he was like, I trudged here for five months. He was like, I have a lot of stamina. She's like, I highly doubt that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that she see, I was dying. I'm like, I love this. I love that little her and hate her. Yes. But she's got some good uh, good one-liners. So that the, made me laugh. It was nice to see her personality kind of like in a different way, too, instead of just being yeah. so angry all the time. They're building this camp, like, way up yonder. So what did you understand this camp thing to be? Is this something that they do in the summertime? Is this, what, was, what was your take on the camp? I felt like this is something that used to happen to protect the cattle, but now it hasn't in a while, but they need to do it again because they can't risk, you know, the clover coming up. They can't risk the okay. they wolves. They can't risk anything. Yeah, there was a lot of wolves happening in this. Yeah, there's a uh, lot of howling. Yeah, a lot episode. of howling. Okay, so the, yeah, so the camp I wasn't really sure about because like they decided to not use that pasture that was contaminated with the clover from the last season. So they had to go somewhere else, but they needed to babysit the cattle because it's not in sort of like the, the regular right. patrol. Right, I just felt okay. like they couldn't uh, risk anything. They couldn't just send them out there and forget them. They have to like make sure nothing happens because they can't risk the like loss. Okay, so like, I mean, like they literally hitch up yeah, like, the like ch- a chuck wagon. That's a chuck wagon. Like, I did not even think that that existed in the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been proven wrong. They're like, gonna go live in a pasture for the summer. Which yeah. to me is, what? This is gonna be like... This is not what I signed up for. It's just gonna be a hot mess, right? I mean, there's yeah. gonna be like s- some sort of ambush or there's gonna be like drunken... Yes, I do feel that... So the amount of time that, you know, they spent in this episode setting up the camp Mm-hmm. You know, the preparation, things like that. Like, again, there has to be some, I don't know, significance yeah. to it. Because 
you know, they're talking about it. They're they're preparing for it. They're loading up the truck. And then they get there and they set up all the camp. And and it just seems it seems really remote. I mean, so like we yes. know, so we know from like promos and that this is the largest ranch in the contiguous, you know, forty eight states. Oh, so yeah. you know, it's very possible that this is like you know easily the size of like Rhode Island. Right. <laughs> you know, this ranch. So it feels very remote. So I feel like this is a setup. Like some shoe is going to drop somewhere where there's going to be some emergency and and they can't reach you. Know, because like the heavies, like the, you know, like the heavy yeah. hitters are really at the camp, like all the ranch hands. Yeah, Rip can't be out there the whole time, right? Casey can't be out there the whole time. Like he's a, he's got to be running the ranch. So I don't know who's going to be living out there and staying out there. Yeah, Rip comes back, you know, gets to Chris in his house with Beth. And <laughs> <laughs> Casey stays up there and he's watching out for the cattle as the wolves are howling. So something's got to go down at this like camp. But. Yeah. Another thing I thought that was interesting to see was Rainwater and John Dutton have to sort of come to a, I would call it a temporary truce at this point. They definitely don't like each other, but they're, I'm I'm still like kind of confused on where that situation lies too, because Rainwater's still moving forward with his casino without Jenkins. Right. I guess there was no issue with like the controlling interest and things like that, because I think Jenkins was not, he wasn't a partner in the sense that like he gets like equal decision making, but he would, I guess he was more of a investment side of the house, I guess. The, the way they set it up was Jenkins had the land originally. But it got annexed. Well, Rainwater, he sold it to Rainwater right. and then Rainwater was going to like deal him in with the profits, but none of that was really explicitly put in the contract. So at the end of the day, Rainwater was just going to push him out and screw him over too. So right. <laughs> without him in the picture, that just clears the air for Rainwater to move forward with his casino. No obstacles. Exactly. But now he got a cease and desist from this property management group. Providence Financial and then Market Market Equities is the sort of like ride along yeah, <laughs> I guess for Providence, we see Ellis Steele again, and there he is. And oh my God, this whole transaction, this conversation between Ellis Steele and Thomas Rainwater made me cringe so badly. I don't know if you felt the same. When um, Ellis was asking Thomas, you know, is his counsel present? And, you know, Thomas Rainwater's like, do you not understand that I can like speak for myself? I can understand what you're saying. And then, you know, Ellis tells him that he can later claim a lack of capacity, basically saying that like, you are a dumb ass and I'm just gonna like take advantage of you. I don't know. It just, it just felt so condescending to me that it was just, I guess in the backdrop of everything that's going on right now, it's like it, it just hit a little harder than it maybe would have if things were not as tense as they are right now out there in the world. One of those like ugh moments for me. I definitely think that the show is going to bring up heritage and have Monica say some of those things more often now. There was even a scene where she addressed her class about it. Yeah, so I feel like she's like the the moral moment for, yeah. for the show. You know, what she was talking about was really interesting. You know, what did you think about what she said? I mean, she's not wrong. And I think that like, it's just easy not to see some of those things happening. She basically is saying like, they're buying up our water and then selling it to us. Like, yeah. They're just vultures, really. And that happens all the time in the world. I th- oh, I agree. So she was, she wanted to try something different. She had her class meet her outside for a predetermined time. She walks up and every single person's on their phone. She was like so disappointed that you know they didn't take the opportunity to sort of like enjoy being outside and you know and then she goes into this diatribe about you know their their world being so insignificant like you know looking at other people's pictures and comments and on their lives and meanwhile like these men in a tiny room are buying up 
their life and, and selling them the extract, basically packaging what they want them to digest. Basically, you're hypnotized by a world that doesn't even exist. So I was trying to draw parallels to like what this means in the context of the show. Just wonder where where this is going to take them. The hypnotized by a world that doesn't exist is kind of like the market equities, the providence for me in a way. I don't know if I'm trying to draw too deep of an abstract here. The Becks and the Dan Jenkins of the world, they were real. Two people, you know, the, the brothers with their guns and their, you know, their muscle, the backdrop of this company, these companies together. It's like the unnamed enemy. I think it's something to keep an eye on in terms of the plot line but I think Monica is trying to she's going to be the one in the series that might be pointing these things out you know yeah so I think maybe we need to like pay attention to what she says right like it's like the show doesn't have a narrator but I think she's as close to a narrator as we get (laughs) right you know like you said it's like this unknown group it's like a man I feel they're the tiny the the tiny room of men making the decisions like I feel like that's them I thought that was an interesting scene and I think the scenes that she was in in this episode were sort of voice of morality or the voice of reason kind of trying to see the big picture for these people like you guys aren't aren't even looking at what's going on really even John like she's she's saying that to John too like you're the Indian now yeah you're the one where the balance of power is shifting on I agree I think we need to pay more attention to what Monica says I think that she's more of like the directional, like the weather vane, you know, yeah. like which way the wind is blowing. So what'd you think? What'd you think? First episode. I don't know if I was expecting a little bit more drama just because it's the Duttons, but I liked how they just set us up with these main plot points of we've got to pay attention to Jamie and this livestock commissioner situation. We've got to pay attention to this new player and the casino and the property management and all that. I really am not sure how John Dutton is going to deal with this because his regular method of just strong arming people and bullying them and killing them (laughs) is just not going to work. Where are we going to go with this? How is he going to protect the ranch? You hit the nail on the head for me because so I watched it a couple of times back because I was like, am I missing something? Because I felt like I was lacking like the drama because like, I mean, like previous season started off pretty quickly with a big bang. But at the same time, it's like I watched it back and I was like, no, I was like, this was really good because it was a very smooth way to like lay out, yeah. you know, the roadmap for the for the next nine episodes. I'm excited. I I, I think yeah, the camp I think the camp is something to watch because I just I keep coming back to this. Like, I just feel like it's like like there's this bad omen around it. I don't know. Like, because like the, the wolves are circling, like they're howling. The poor cattle, they're all rattled. And Casey's talking like, don't worry, mamas, I'm going to not let anyone get you. Oh, gosh. You know, you're right. Like it is sort of foreboding. Yeah, ominous. Very, very ominous, you know. Mm-hmm. Did th- I did like the sweet moment at the very end when, you know, John is there with Tate. So Tate goes to the camp with them because Monica wants him to have a different environment and thinking that the stars as his ceiling would be like the best medicine to help him get over the trauma. John was so sweet like he didn't want Tate to go like anywhere. Like he didn't want him out of arm's reach. And I just thought that that was really cute. And they were talking about like, you know, nightmares. And, you know, I think John is more of a father to Tate in the way that he acts with him than he probably ever was with his own kids. I, I just like the way that the development of that relationship is happening. With Was he like that with his kids? No, I think, and didn't Monica say that to Casey? Like, didn't she, or no, Casey said that to her. Yeah. He like, he, like loves him way more than he ever loved any of us. To uh, Rainwater's 
right hand guy. Mo brings plenty. Yeah, <laughs> Mo brings plenty. He even said, like, I saw like a little bit of compassion in this guy when he was killing Malcolm Beck. Yeah, he, yeah, he said that he had honor when most would have none. So there's this sort of other narrative about John Dutton that he actually does have these moments where he does care. You just don't really see it very often. But with Tate, you do. Yeah, he's a hard man to read. And that's why I had the sort of like moment of doubt about like his intentions with Rip, you know, with the house and the, you know, the sons and things like that. Because I feel like he should kind of show that Rip's been there since he was, what, like 13 or something? Something like that. At this point, do you still see him as like an employee? I mean, come on. This man has done everything for him. I don't know. I got to ask this question. What is the deal with Rip and Beth? It's been like, 20 years that they've been like romantically involved so we'll exclude the teenage years so 15 years i just think it's like the first experience like their first kiss their first sexual encounter all that stuff i got the impression that she left for a long time yeah like i think i feel like she went off to college and you know did her career and all that yeah so. and now she's back i don't think she really initially wanted anything from him other than to just mess with him and have sex with him and just <laughs> another one of her little toys that she plays with but i think she is sort of changing her tune too with him and sort of seeing him as more like how like how, she's like, defensive how of him she is like she protects him and he really went to bat for her like i mean like when she got beat up i mean he yeah. pulled out all the stops so i'm hoping that you know she does right by him make an honest man out of him <laughs> i mean she's yeah definitely but like at the first season yeah i guess all of season two he was there for her when she wanted him basically but I think she's starting to see that he actually, it's more than that for him. I'm excited, though. I'm excited where this is going. And I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited. This is like one that I'm watching with my husband. So we're excited. Like where He's like, yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> it, it helps to have spousal support for these yeah, things. Yeah, he's happy about it, too. I don't know why I love the Duttons so much when they are just horrible people in general. Yeah, like but these are people I would definitely not invite over to my Thanksgiving dinner. Definitely not. No, but but you like them, right? Like you, you I care. do, I do. And so I, why? I, I don't know why. It's like these are horrible people, but yet you want them to succeed. You're like, I, I'm, you're rooting for Rip. You're rooting for Casey and the ranch. And I don't know if I root for Beth. Really, she's kind of horrible, but she's she's got herself taken care of. She's covered. She doesn't need she's us. Good. To no, root for her. no. She's good. <laughs> Can't wait for more. Same. This is Steph. This is Sheila. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.